الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولاه. Welcome everybody to the Safina Society Nothing But Facts live stream. It is Tuesday and that means it is a day in which we cover the Shema'il of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam on this uh, cold and dark and dank uh, winter day in the state of New Jersey. It's cold. It's like 35 degrees outside and uh, we need some fireplace and we need the heat and we need the Oh, Ryan, hold on a second. Before I forget. Before I forget. Look at these. First of all, where is Habib? That's the first question. Is he, is he needing a break or what? Burnt out? Make sure it doesn't get... Look at this gorgeous leather kuf. I don't even wear shoes in the winter. I wear kuf and slippers on top of that. Like sandals. Who? Yeah, they got the best leather. So this one is for you. One is for uh, the Wizard of Oz. And then one is for Habib. So I think this will fit, the, uh, fit Oz. And those two will fit you and Habib. So those kufs are critical. Yeah. Yeah. Chuf is so critical in the winter, man. You can't just have... It's Salah is like two, every two minutes. It's Salah. You have do? You just stick it on your socks right now. Stick it right on. No, you take it off every day. And then I oil it up. But I wear it with my socks. I oil, I oil up the bottom of my chuf because otherwise it rips up if the leather is not good. But this is good leather. Even good leather, it's going to rip up. So you, um, yeah, you oil it up. Yeah. <laughs> Swedish socks. And then you, um, with the hoof, you, you, I wear them with my socks on. Yeah. Yeah, and then I, I, I just wear my, my sandals. I don't even wear, like, shoes because I'll ruin the shoe. It'll be too big on the shoe, if you know what I mean. Huh? Zippers on the inside, yeah. Yeah. Let's get to the hadith here that we we left off on. <clears throat> it's good, right? The smoke is green, yeah. Bukhur is on the sunnah. Haddathana. Harun ibn Ishaq. الهمداني حدثنا عبدته عن هشام ابن عروة عن أبيه عن عائشة رضي الله عنها قالت ما ضرب رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم بيده شيء قط إلا أن يجاهد في سبيل الله ولا ضرب خادما ولا امرأة The Prophet never struck anybody except in battle He only struck uh, in, uh, he never struck a servant nor uh, anyone in the family and he never raised his hand to a woman. Let me tell you a story first before we go on. This is an amazing story. I think I told you, Brian, you may have heard me tell this before. Okay. There was a man, an imam in Egypt. He's a very popular imam. And he privately told this story to people that he had a flight. Uh, at uh, very early in the morning, 6 a.m. flight, which means he got to be in the airport um, 
around that time, a little bit before 6 a.m. Okay. So he, he's far away. He's like three hours away. So he calls up his friend, and he, his, another sheikh. He says, I know your masjid is literally right next to the airport. Uh, can you keep the door open for me? I'll go in and I'll sleep in the masjid. I'll pray Fajr right away, and then I'll go, and I'll be very close to the airport. So he said, fine, no problem. So he tells the people, leave the door open for the sheikh and leave a light on. So most masjid in Egypt, they close after Aisha. But this man, he left the masjid, the door open. And the servant, they left the door, or the worker in the mosque left the door ajar, right? Meaning open a little bit of the mosque. So uh, the sheikh, he has his dinner, he packs up his bags, and he drives all the way up, or he takes a cab all the way up, and then he takes the, and he arrives at, uh, at the masjid. When he goes to the masjid, all the lights are off except for one light in the front of the mosque. And he puts his bags down, and he hears, like, weeping, crying. And then he goes up, and he sees a regular man sitting right in front of the mihrab, saying, Oh Allah, I don't have anybody else. The operation's tomorrow. I need this money. I have nothing. And he's crying and crying and crying, and he's making dua, and he's sometimes lifting his hands up like this, and sometimes crying and, and, and talking in common Egyptian language, saying, there's nobody else, my mother didn't have anything, my brothers don't have anything, nobody wants to lend me anything, and my wife has to do this surgery, and he's crying, and he's making this dua. Then he hears the imam come in, so he stops, and he gets up to leave, right? And the imam, he says, what is this dua that you're praying? Subhanallah, you like you broke my heart just hearing you, and he's weeping. So the man, he cleans his face. He's, he's, he's a, a gr- like an adult. Like he's not some youth, he's an adult. And uh, he's an older man. And he says, uh, my wife has a surgery tomorrow. It's a necessary surgery. We keep delaying it because we don't have the money. And I went, I spent all night going to look out, tr- trying to get loans from everybody, trying to patch together 5,000 from you, 2,000 from you. Nobody will give me a loan because his job isn't really strong enough. They don't think they're going to get paid back. Nobody will give him a loan. He said, then on the way home, I saw the masjid open, the door of the mosque. I said, okay, maybe I'm, this is for me to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I came in and I began to ask my Lord. He said, how much do you need? So the man says, I need 15,400 pounds. 15,400 pounds. So he said, well, I don't have that kind of money, but I will leave you to go back to the one who is going to answer you. So the man goes back and he spends the rest of the night all in dua until Fajr and the imam sleeps on the side. When everyone starts coming in for Salat al-Fajr and the adhan goes off and the sheikh of the mosque comes in, he insists that uh, his guests lead the prayer. So he leads the prayer. Now in this, in this masjid, the prayer is actually, uh, there's a little loudspeaker. So it, the apartment building next door can all hear the prayer. And he's a famous imam. So he's praying. And he, f- he prays a long prayer because Fajr should be a pretty long prayer to make sure that people would come down. He turns around after the salah and he sees a man get up right away and start a- approaching him. That man looks like a very rich guy, like with a scarf, polished, really clean looking guy. 
and he's smiling and he's so happy he's like i watch you every day on tv and we listen to your quran and i couldn't believe that uh you're reciting in our masjid he said yeah it was a coincidence that subhanallah that uh, i had to take an airport uh, a flight and this masjid is right next to the airport so i spent the night here in the masjid and he made me pray so that's why i'm here he then says that like what what can i do for you right and he said he just talks about himself i own factories anything you need you have any and you know most mashaykh they have these initiatives they got initiative they feed the poor they have students he said whatever you need your students need money your institution needs money you just tell me what you need so he said no everything's good alhamdulillah but thank you so much and and you know we keep we'll keep in touch as the man's leaving he remembers the other man he said oh wait hold on hold on a second he said uh i do have a need for you there is somebody i came today i found him praying weep crying his eyes out he needs money he said okay well subhanallah my wife just today as i was coming down she had uh uh compiled the zakah and she said unload the zakah because we don't want the zakah in our house unload it all today so i have a bag of zakah he said okay good how much is it so he says it's 15,400 pounds now the sheikh at this time he can't believe what he's seeing and he his eyes start to well up and he starts to just he's in shock he calls he looks for the man he's like oh i hope the man didn't leave he finally founds the poor man he says come come quick and then he says in front of the rich man he says to the poor man tell me uh, what happened tonight he said well as you know i was looking for these loans i couldn't get a loan my wife's surgery is today at 9 a.m and i saw the masjid door open i came in and i just begged to allah for help he said how much do you need he said as i told you 15,400 pounds now the rich man began to to weep he couldn't believe what he's hearing right and he's like this zakah had been piling up because i wanted to give it to one person who was in dire need allah's my witness every he says every year we give the zakat out as it comes in like whatever money we just give out envelopes to the people downstairs and he said this time around i wanted to give out the zakat uh, to one person who was in dire need so i kept compiling it up in, in, in a drawer and this time around this morning my wife said if you're going to go out take this money with you i don't want this much money in the house as zakat it's it's not it has to be given out so she made me take it today and I usually, he just like, I usually don't pray in the masjid. But when I heard your recitation, I wanted to come and meet you myself. That's why I'm here. So he said, subhanAllah, this man, Allah has driven three people. He drove him, the imam himself, made him to come to the mosque and spend the night there. The rich man, to hear the recitation, come down to the mosque. And the wife of the rich man, to, to something moved inside of her that she does not want the zakat anymore. Right? She doesn't want the zakat in the house anymore. Unload it today. All three of them were crying, right? And they couldn't believe what they were seeing. They're seeing the ijabah of Allah right in front of them. And now the entire masjid is watching at this point. And the poor man, he just breaks out. And he starts saying, my Lord, I love you. I love you. And he starts screaming. He has the money in his hand now. He's like, I love you. And he starts, he's losing his mind. But that's what it's like when Allah Ta'ala answers somebody. It's literally, people say, why don't we see miracles? We do all, all the time, right? 
this stuff is happens all the time if you got your eyes open and you're either yourself are in a person in du'a, you're a person of du'a, or you know people who are people of du'a. And when we say du'a, it has to be, there is really no difference between emotion. Spirituality and emotion cannot be separated. You could be an emotional person, but not it has nothing to do with spirituality or deen. But you cannot possibly be a spiritual person and have nothing to do with emotion. That's the difference. You could be an emotional person, it has nothing to do with, with, with Islam or deen. But you, the other way it can't be. And the stronger the emotion in the dua, meaning the desperation, the need, the desire, and the brokenness, the faster the ijaba. And I've heard some of the awliya say, one tear does the job with Allah subhanahu That's his mercy. His compassion is that one tear will do the job. SubhanAllah. So this was an amazing, amazing story. It's widely known in the Arab countries because this imam is apparently widely known. I don't know him personally. But the, when imams narrate this, they always say one of our colleagues who's on Egyptian, he's very popular in Egypt, and they tell the story. SubhanAllah. The imam himself didn't tell the story in public. He told it in private. That's why no one knows his name. But that's not the important part. So it's an amazing story and an amazing, amazing um, example and demonstration. This is like in our time here. This is not some ancient times. SubhanAllah. All right, next hadith says, عن الزهري عن عروة عن عائشة رضي الله تعالى عنها قالت ما رأيت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم منتصرا من مظلمة ظلمها قط I never saw the Prophet peace be upon him seeking uh, avenging his own self okay. he never tries to, to, to get back something that was lost for himself ما لم ينتهك من محارم الله شيء as long as the acts of disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or no prohibitions of Allah ta'ala were, were observed. Okay, there's nothing haram in it. فَإِذَا انْتُهِكَ مِنْ مَحَارِمِ اللَّهِ شَيْءٌ كَانَ مِنْ أَشَدِّهِمْ فِي ذَلِكَ غَضَبًا But if something haram, if the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala were broken or were transgressed, I should say, then we did not see anyone more angry than him. And he was never forced to choose between two things, uh, except he chose the easier one, as long as it was not sinful. And we said about this, this is not in ibadat and mu'amalat, this was in the, the daily routines of life, meaning should we take one route, take another route, um, things like that. This was not in the deen. What's the proof of that? Is because the Prophet was not given choices in matters of deen. Matters of deen have come down to us. That's why this is not the usul here of if I have a question in fiqh, then I look at all the madhabs and I choose the easiest one. That's This is not a, a, a hadith of methodology of deriving our religion. Just to keep that aware, because I knew a friend and I knew somebody who, um, that was his methodology. خُذْ بِأَيْسَرِ madhahib. That was his, his. That was his methodology in in his religion. Now we're not saying that that is um, going to be invalid, but it will lead to a path that is not right and is not good. Why? Because your whims and your desires and your own opinion is the chief. Whereas the right way to do things is to choose the methodology or the imam, and then follow that 
forever. And then that becomes your household's method. That becomes your family method, your life method. And you can transmit that to the next generation. Whereas take the easiest of opinions means, well, easiest to me is one thing. Easiest to you is another thing. Easiest in 20 years is a different thing. Easiest in five years is a different thing. Easiest to a woman is a different thing. Easiest to a child is a different thing. So we have no social cohesion if we all take by the easiest of the methods. Okay? So that's it. Next, Starting next Monday, there's an organization, a group of youth um, on Instagram. I'm going to be doing presentations on the Madiki method. And it's going to be really good. It's going to be based upon uh, uh, Sheikh Ahmed Taharayan's introduction to the Maliki Madhab. So uh, I'm going to make a PowerPoint, and and we'll, I will just do to do it right here. If you, are you free Mondays after after this? Uh, Monday after this. You have class after? Oh, you do. Okay. Okay. Then we'll have to have Habib. So you have to show Habib how to do a PowerPoint. <clears throat> All right, next hadith. We read some of these. So, مَا سُئِلَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَآلِهِ وَسَلَّمَ شَيْءٍ قَطُّ فَقَالَ لَا The Prophet وسلم, was in a, a type of maqam or state in which he is never says no to something he was asked. He's never asked for anything and says no. That's his maqam. Well, what if he he couldn't afford a loan or something? He took a loan and gave the money out like that. And one time a man came to the Messenger وسلم, and he asked for a loan to, to, to buy some goods. So the Prophet وسلم, said, go buy what you need, buy what you want to buy. And tell them it's on my tab. And the Sayyidina Omar interjected and he said, Oh Master of Allah, this isn't necessary. You don't have to do this. So uh, a Bedouin heard this and he says, And the Prophet was really happy about this. The Bedouin said, Give, O Messenger of Allah, and don't fear from the, from the owner of the Arsh any deficiency. Does Allah's the wealth that Allah has uh, has created in this world to be distributed has no limit. Another man, time the Prophet promised seventy thousand of his ummah will enter Jannah without hisab. So a Bedouin came in and he said, "Alam tazdad min Rabbik? Have you not asked an increase from your Lord?" "Qala naam." He said, "Yes." The Prophet said, "Yes." And the Bedouin said, Fakam. So how many is it now? He said, For every one of the 70,000, another 70,000. So it's squared now. And so the Bedouin says, Have you not asked more from your Lord? So now Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab came and he put his hand on the mouth of the Bedouin. Enough. Now this was an older man and he knows Omar. So he pushed the hand of Omar ibn Khattab. He said, ibn al-Khattab. Put your hand off me, son of Khattab. He says, min, min wa min abik? 
He says, am I asking something from your house or from your dad's house? I'm not asking you to give me anything. So why are you so upset? I'm asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm not asking you. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, Dahu ya Umar, let him go, let him ask. And, he, and then the Prophet, he said, yes to the Bedouin. Yes, I have asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he gave me three bunches with his own hand. In other words, a large amount that cannot have a number, right? Of how many people from this ummah will enter Jannah without hisab. So the, the Prophet ﷺ, when he gave, and they can, we contemplate numbers, and we contemplate wealth, this is such a huge difference between us and kufr. And if you get this right or wrong, it's going to change everything. It's once you believe that the resources out there in the world are limited, your behavior is going to change. You have to change drastically. And really you become miserable. And the word miser and the word miserable are from the same word, essentially. Right? And that society becomes a miserable society. A society that has like complete stinginess. When the Prophet said, when you give, give at the, if there's no bottom to the pot. So we have a situation where if we get this, if, if we trickle down our aqidah properly, there is no limit to the wealth and to the rizq of the world. There's no limit to it. Which doesn't mean we could be wasteful. At the same time, the Prophet ﷺ said in our behavior, if you're making wudu at the ocean, don't waste water. It's an ethic. Not wasting is an ethic. It has nothing to do with just um, with the belief of miserliness. So we don't, we're not wasteful out of fear that there's not enough money. We're not wasteful as an ethic. To be wasteful is, is to be from the brothers of shaitan. Al-Israf. Right. Right. To be wasteful and to be abusive to, the, to nature, to the world. Like we, the, the way we use trees. We're meant to use trees. We got kids now in kindergarten, they want to give kids education on laptops. Why? These kids, their eyes are, are red all day. They're, it's excess. They're afraid of the trees. I don't believe we have a shortage of trees anymore. I don't have I'm, I'm, It's a lie. There's plenty of trees. Wherever I drive around, there's trees. There's trees everywhere, right? And Allah will supply more trees. Go grow some trees. Instead of putting kids one year old, two years old, first grade, second grade, all day on the computer so we can have a paperless office, a paperless school. I don't buy it, to be honest with you. Read from a book. It's, it's better. It's calmer for your eyes. It's better for you. Use the paper. What stinginess is this? Right. As long as you're using it, right? Use it. Allah will provide you more. I used to be one of those kids. Just forget myself. Many people, right? When they buy the new sneakers, they walk like this. They don't want to ever bend. You see kids who get the new Air Force Ones? They don't want to walk with them. They don't want to crease it. They, sometimes they keep the... Pla- In Egypt, you go to the gram- you go to your, 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 your aunts and your uncles, nice furniture. I wouldn't know. The plastic is still on the furniture. Why is the plastic still on the furniture? Oh, it's so valuable. Okay, They don't even want to take the plastic off the furniture. Right? This is bukhl. And I used to see people say, use it. Finish it. We'll get you another one. Right? There's no shortage of money here. I'm telling you, it's a mentality of kufr. It's a men- kufr not in the sense of th- disbelieving in Allah, but disbelieving in, the, in, in a certain element that Allah will provide. 
It's lack of iman. So wastefulness is something that where is forbidden for us on the one hand. Abuse is forbidden for us. But use is allowed for us. Use and have no fear. Scrap paper, use it. As long as it's, it's being put to good use. If it's done with, discard it. Halas. If the shoes are finished, discard. Halas. Use it. Walk. Right? You don't think there's a shortage, is there a shortage of shoes? There's a shortage of money? The stingy mentality was the difference of why Sheikh Hashim, who we had last week, entered Islam. The generous mentality. He saw it with Tawatur across North Africa, from Morocco to Algeria to Libya to Egypt to Sudan to Ethiopia. Six countries he went to. Six countries. Who did he meet? Regular common people. Just at that time in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, the Iman was in the people. And they just shared. Everyone sharing. Buy, share, eat. No questions asked. He's like, this is, that's the truth right there. That's the truth. When he got to the Christian monks, that was his original destination. He's like, these people have nothing compared to the regular guy. Like they're mean looking, they're depraved, they don't share, they're not smiling, they're not happy, that's nothing. Fitra, no intellectual thought here, fitra, instinct of a human being. So this is the key that the Prophet ﷺ had reached a maqam and a level. He never, مَا سُئِلَ عَنْ شَيْءٍ He was never asked a thing. Okay. He was never asked a thing except and, and said no. SubhanAllah He was the most generous of people. Now there's, there is one exception. Now this is extremely important. Pay very close attention to this. What's the difference between knowledge? Okay, this is the biggest port, uh, aspect of knowledge is the specification of the general and the, uh, the qualification of the general and the generalization of the specific. If you go into knowledge and, and uh, hadith, sharh, shuruhat of hadith, tafasir, and even the commentary of the uh, f- followers of the mujtahid imams even, what they say is that understanding is always sur- surrounding the concept of qualifying general statements and generalizing specific statements. That means, this is a general statement. The Prophet was never asked about anything except said no. So is that our um, position? Yes. But there is a condition. Is that in the maqam of tarbiyah, this doesn't apply. That is extremely important. Whether you're a teacher or a parent, this does not apply. Okay. So that doesn't mean I'm a teacher... And in the middle of um, five minutes into class, hey, teacher, can I have a break? Yes, because the prophet never said no. That doesn't mean in every single maqam. Maqam like a position. You're not in the position, in the position of tarbiyah, this doesn't apply. There are many times where you're, you can and must say no when you're trying to train somebody. Employee, can I have a raise? Yes. Can I have a raise? Yes. Can I have a raise? Yes. Then you go bankrupt, Right. So, you ha- so that's why knowledge is qualifying the general statements. Right? I cannot tell you how many people they're in confusion when they take a general statement and apply it to every single situation. Right? 
uh, let me give you another example in which Madik uh, qualified a general statement. The Prophet ﷺ said, try as much as possible to decrease the hudud on our ummah. This is the, uh, the general gist of that hadith, of many hadiths. The Prophet said, Adri'u anil hududi bishak. Try to block off the hudud punishments by doubt. Right? Try to find some doubt to downgrade the punishment. Okay, but we find Maddox's approach towards hudud to be totally different. He said, when you punish, punish to the severest. Because his interpretation of you have in the in punishments, you have life. What does that mean? It has two meanings. One meaning is there's a chance of forgiveness. There's a chance of swapping out punishment for, for blood money. But Malik read it differently. He said, no, life for the rest of society when they see somebody get punished. When one guy gets punished, there's life gets, is for the rest of society because all the other potential criminals back off. So Malik always saw that punishment should be at his severest. And he was bought as a judge all the time. He would be brought by a governor, he'd be brought by the Khalifa, and he'd be brought criminals. And he would sit. And the criminals would be brought forth and their portfolio would be read to him. He did such and such. He did such and such. He did such and such. And Malik would say, lash, cut, slice, boom, punished. And he would come out happy. He says, The society, the community has life because all the criminals are afraid now. Anyone who had a thought, a child, who witnesses this, will never think of doing that crime again. Because all of these things, they must be done in public. There have to be witnesses. The more witnesses, the better. So that a, a person who's, come, who, who's in need and he's thinking of committing a crime... When he sees somebody being taken away in chains, that doesn't do anything. But when he sees blood, ooh, I'm going to back off. Okay, Seeing someone get taken away in chains, that's going to make the petty criminals maybe afraid. The weak, but a strong... Oh, I don't care about going to jail. Jail time? What do I care about jail time? Right? But when he sees blood, and when he sees limbs rolling down the street, and heads, he's going to think twice. Right? So that's the idea. Right. That's why. So that's the concept of qualify the general and spec and generalize the specific. Because there may be one thing that's completely specific, but it's meant to be general. It applies to everybody. Right. So that's that's what knowledge is. When you say qualify, you mean like specify it, limit it. Yeah. It's a general statement, but it has exceptions. Everything has exceptions, and the exceptions should only be few. If we take that from Abu Hanifa, he says a rule with many exceptions is not a rule, right? So exceptions should always be few. They shouldn't be many. This is so important. And this is the difference between where Ahl al-Hadith, they just take a Hadith and run with it. And then they make a mess in society. And the Ahl al-Madhahib, what is the Madhahib? The, the, the correct understanding of the Hadiths. It's the correct understanding what the Prophet meant by this. How do they get that correct understanding from their whims? No, by looking at all the other narrations and what the Sahaba said and how the Tabi'een explained what the Sahaba said, which is an explanation of the Prophet's hadiths. Then they come to an understanding of, of what is the ruling. All right. You ever hear, uh, anybody here ever hear that the, um, this, this, this statement about the breastfeeding of an adult? 
This an, you heard about this fatwa and narration? Yeah. But and and people say, "Oh, how could you have a religion where you're breastfeeding and drinking the breast milk of another woman?" We don't have this. No, no, there is a narration. It's a hadith, but not from the prophet, from one of the sahaba. None of the madhahib apply it. They all say it's nothing. No i'tibar. After two months, uh, uh, two years, and a, a couple months, one or two months. Okay? There's no, there's no more rada. There's no more uh, rada means breastfeeding. Uh, in the sense of the application of breastfeeding doesn't apply. Because in our religion, breastfeeding, if you breastfeed a different baby, that baby becomes just like your baby in the rules of gender and marriage and, 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 and things like that and touching and all that. He becomes a sibling to your children. But there are conditions. The, first, the three conditions are that that baby is no older than two years and there's a two-month uh, cushion as well. Number two, that baby still needs to be breastfed. If he's weaned off of breast milk, doesn't matter. Number three, that baby should just take a gulp is enough. What, what's the limit? A gulp is enough. What else? How else? It could be by a syringe. It could be the, the breast milk could have, it could come into the body in any way that benefits the body. It could be powdered up into a tablet and drank and, 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 and eaten. It could be in any form. It could be frozen for five years. Doesn't make a difference. And then he goes, takes a gulp, boom. That's how we adopt. If you want to adopt a child, and the foster child, of course, is not going to be, there's no adoption in Islam, but you can take a foster child in that will have his own father's name. And let's say it's a boy, but I have a daughter. What do I do? So if, if, if my wife had breast milk that was frozen, and five years later, I want to adopt. I'm going to adopt a boy. That boy takes just a gulp before the age of two. And while they're still um, relying upon milk and not weaned. Maftum, it's called. That, ba- that boy becomes to my wife like a son. And to my daughter, like a brother. They can go and... No hijab is necessary. They can touch, they can be in khalwa, and they can never marry. So, these are some rules. Yep. What's going on with you people? Crazy fatawa of, of, of people who, who... You're not the first person to read the hadiths. Go look at all the other imams who read the hadith, and they found this is not enough to be evidence. All the action of the sahaba is contrary to that. And they observed the, the conditions. غير مفتوم غير مفتوم. He's a radiyah, meaning he's in year two, up to year two, and cushion of two months extra. Why? Because back in those days, they don't, sometimes don't know exactly the exact age of a baby. So they put a cushion of two months, no more than that. And he's radiyah. He still relies upon that. SubhanAllah. Ryan was making, uh, basically, he was saying, imagine these people who take this fatwa and an adult going for breast milk. SubhanAllah. Put this phone on vibrate. Because that was a fatwa that went around at some point. Sort of absurd. 
كان صلى الله عليه وسلم أجود ما يكون في شهر رمضان he was most generous in the month of Ramadan Khadija Asif is asking about how much it has to be one gulp is enough that's it one gulp if it's a syringe if you put a syringe in the baby however you have it if it's if the milk has been frozen dehydrated and mashed up and made into a tablet right or he licks some of it as a powder it's all good if the milk was frozen for years it's all good as if the milk was mixed with anything else as long as it's still milk and it's not less than 51% so in other words the majority of it could be mixed mixed with water mixed with something else right but it could, it should still look like breast milk and it should be the majority of it must be breast milk so mixing is not a problem now if it's a drop in a big uh, cup of chocolate milk then no because it's it's it has no effect now any breast milk drank by anyone who is maftum or ghayru radiya has no impact i came in and this is haram by the way it's haram for us because it's considered najis take a a, a a gup a glass of some woman's breast milk and glug 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 has no impact except after drink najasa right why is it permitted for a baby it's permitted for a baby because he's he's of the mother for two years he's composed of the mother so it's not najis for him right a, a, a baby for two years in the sharia is deemed of the mother he's nourished by her right but we cannot eat a human right likewise we cannot drink their milk we can eat a cow we can drink its milk we cannot eat a pig we cannot eat pig's milk consume pig's milk so whatever milk we can drink takes the ruling on the animal so lion milk makru because eating lion is makru sheep milk halal because eating sheep is halal human milk haram because because it's haram for us to eat so i cannot believe some of the things that i see because people who have no deen and no sense and and what would we know we would know nothing if we didn't have this revelation let's be honest but it's out there that breast milk is a is a thing now that people do and it's illegal but they go on facebook and they meet up with people and they and they drink breast milk and I, there was a i saw an interview with a bodybuilder he's like oh this has made me so much better right a bodybuilder drinking women's breast milk it's a fad but if someone says oh now we're all brothers and sisters no no we're not if you're past the age of two, it doesn't make a difference it's just you did something haram that's it فَإِذَا لَقِيَهُ جِبْرِيلِ Look at this. If Jibreel, whenever Jibreel had just met the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, كَانَ أَجْوَدَ بِالْخَيْرِ مِنَ الْرِيحِ الْمُرْسَلَةِ So whenever he was near to having met Sayyidina Jibreel, it's as if the Prophet was just closer to the heavens at that moment. So he was even more generous than his usual self. More generous than the wind that takes everything with it. Got it. When mothers lactate and it gets on their clothes, is it najasa? Um, 
no, it's not najis. And human breast milk, maybe we can say the human is that Allah Adam, if we can say it's najis, that's a good question. Maybe I'll go back on my saying that it was najis and just say it's haram. It's from the overlooked things. Okay, good. Brian just told us it's from the overlooked things because of how much, I guess, that it happens. Okay. Thank you for that answer. Where'd you, where is that in Amrusi? Good. I love Amrusi. Now that I have my copy. I have a copy of that 20 years ago. Haddathana Qutayb ibn Sa'id, Haddathana Ja'far ibn Sulaiman, and Thabit, and Anas ibn Malik, radiallahu anhu qala, kana nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam, la yaddakhiru shay'an ligad. He never saved things for tomorrow. He give, give, give. Don't worry. Give, give, give. It's from an act of uh, of, of aqidah and iman when you give. Because it's not fearing that there's going to be something like lost tomorrow. It's from our weakness that we, we save and save and save. It's from our weakness. It's not haram, but it's from our weakness. Uh, piece 6061, we're going to answer your question um, about your 18-year-old son who wants to move out. I'm going to answer that. But in general, if he can survive on him, I'll answer that. And I don't know if I have an answer because it might need some specifics and I don't like to give a general answer to a situation that might not uh, be your situation. The Prophet ﷺ said to a man who asked him for sadaqah, قَالَ مَا عِنْدِي شَيْءٍ I don't have anything, وَلَكِنْ إِبْتَعَ عَلَيَّ فَإِذَا جَاءَنِي شَيْءٌ قَضَيْتُهُ Go and buy and sell in my name. And then when I get something, I'll pay it back. فَقَالَ عُمْرِ يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ قَدْ أَعْطَيْتَهُ فَمَا كَلَّفَكَ اللَّهُ مَا لَا تَقْدِرُ عَلَيْهِ Allah hasn't commanded you to do what you can't do. O Messenger of Allah. فَكَرِهَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمْ قَوْلَ عُمَرُ The Prophet did not like what Omar said. He hated this statement. The stinginess in the statement. فَقَالَ رَجُلٌ مِّنَ الْأَنصَارِ A man from the Ansar said, يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ أَنْفِقْ وَلَا تَخْفَ وَلَا تَخَفْ مِنْ دِ الْعَرْشِ إِقْلَالًا Give and don't fear from the owner of the Arsh any decrease. There's no decrease. Look at how much is out there in the world. Why are you worried? فَتَبَسَّمَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ وَعُرِفَ وَجْهِهِ الْبِشْرِ He smiled and we could see the happiness in his face. لِقَوْلِ الْأَنصَارِ ثُمَّ قَالَ بِهَذَا أُمِرْتِ Then the Prophet said, with this I was commanded. That's how we live. Don't be stingy. حَدَّثَنَا عَلِي بْنُ حُجْرِ أَنْبَأَنَا شَرِيكِ عن عبد الله عن محمد بن عقيل عن ربيع بنت معوذ ابن عفراء قالت أتيت النبي صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم بقناع من رطب I came to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم uh, with a bushel of dates وأجر زغب and another thing let's see what is an أجر زغب Ejrin Zogbin. How is that translated? Mm, 2, 3, 39. Ejrin Zogbin. Cucumbers. Small cucumbers. 
فأعطاني ملء كفه حليا وذهبا So he gave me, he grabbed jewelry and gold and put it in my hand. Is that, is that the value of some dates? No, of course not. Prophet was being generous. Okay. Being generous. Yeah, read. Okay, punished for this. The, uh, this is in the chapter of removing Najasa from the place of prayer or the clothes or the body. And it's uh, and the one whom has difficulty avoiding hadith on the garment, like the breastfeeding woman who is diligent. So yeah, the breast milk is is najis, um, mm. and it's overlooked for the person who's diligent. It's okay. overlooked for the one who's diligent. Good, thank you very much. وعن عائشة أن النبي صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم كان يقبل الهدية. He used to accept gifts and he used to reward people for it. Bilal was asked, how did the Prophet, Sayyidina Bilal was asked, how did the Prophet spend his money? He did not keep anything, says Bilal. Until the end, I was responsible for handling his finances. It was his noble habit that when a person accepted Islam and came to him, and if he saw the person, uh, this person was unclothed or poor, he commanded me to spend upon him and clothe him, and I would obtain a loan from somewhere, and I would purchase clothing and food for the. I would, ta- I would host. Uh, what did I tell you guys about hosting? It's so important. It's part of our religion. If we don't do this, we're not fulfilling the Sunnah properly. We get people, students. We have to host them. And it's a ni'mah, it's a blessing. And I got to tell you, it's a lot of fun too to have guests. Yesterday we had two people from Virginia, right? Brother Amin and Sister Farhat. Yes. Remember when Sheikh Hashim was giving the talk at MBIC and he was like, what's this thing like the Sheikh comes and you put yeah, him throw in, a him in a hotel and have some little volunteer just throw him, take him in the car and throw him in a hotel, right? Like there's no personal... All, what is the happiness of life other than human interactions, right? And that's why really we want to get this uh, apartment going, right? We want to eventually have an apartment here. Uh, Sheikh uh, Khalid Kharsa, he has a, they just bought an apartment and they use that as a hotel for anyone who wants to come. Yeah. And they, they pay like half the price, right? And it goes to the foundation, his foundation. And uh, at least they don't have to pay the price of a, uh, of a real hotel. And they get to cook for them and, and be there and supply them with food and have some human relations. Once a person from the Mushrikeen came to meet and began saying that I have a lot of wealth, whatever loan you may need to take it from me, and it is not necessary to take a loan from anyone else. So I started to take loans from him. One day I performed wudu and was preparing to call the Adhan. I saw this pagan coming with a few merchants. Upon seeing me, he said, Ya Habashi. I said, I'm here. He started yelling at me. He said, how many days left until the end of the month so you could pay the debt? I said, there's still a few days before the, day, the, de- the debt is over. All right, is due. He said, four days are left. And if you do not pay your loans at this time, I will make you a slave. In, you, in lieu of this debt. 
the way you were grazing sheep before when you were a slave. Okay. Sayyidina Bilal said, whatever becomes of a person as a result of such threats, the same overtook me. Okay. In other words, I became really angry. Whatever, whenever, when you get threatened, whatever anyone else would get upset, I became extremely angry. After Isha, I came to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and I told him what happened. And I said, there's no way to pay the debt so quickly. Right? We, we don't have anything. So the, prop, the, the Sayyidina Bilal is essentially, he's handling this, this, the hosting of the new Muslims. And he's saying there's no money. And this man, he's gone crazy, he wants the debt. So the Prophet, and so he says, I have to hide because I don't want to be, right, have issues with this, this powerful man. When you pay the debt, I'll come out. Otherwise, this mushrik is gonna dis- he's gonna be after me. He's giving me a headache. This is what Sayyidina Bilal said to the Prophet. Before the morning prayer, a person came running to me and said that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is calling you. So I came to the Messenger, peace be upon him. Okay. And he said, Allah has freed you from all these debts. He says, Is there anything left from the goods, from the gifts, or not? I replied, A little is left. Oh, so he came back. The four, these four camels are standing filled with, with gifts, okay, from a ruler, a governor, a, a chief. So I went to the man, I gave him everything from the debts. Then the Prophet said, is there anything left over from this? And after the debt, and, the, and Bilal said, only a little bit is left. So the Prophet said, distribute it so that I can rest. It was a personal gift from one governor to the Prophet ﷺ. And so the Prophet ﷺ just distributed. The evening fell, yet there was some left. There was a little bit left. After Aisha, he asked, is there anything left? Right? He said, there weren't that many poor people today, so there is some left. Right? The Messenger ﷺ would not go home. He spent the night in the masjid. The next day after Aisha, he inquired again. Right? And I replied, Allah has freed you from its responsibility. Everything has been distributed. Then the Prophet ﷺ thanked Allah and he went home. They did not, he didn't, the Prophet ﷺ did not want anything on his account. Not want any kind of um, wealth left over to him. Amazing. Concept, this, why is this concept of generosity? Anytime that I hear people talking about I hear people talking about uh, the economy. I shut the radio off right away. I never, ever, ever listen to anything these people have to say. They don't have a God. They don't have a creator. And the wealth will come. I don't believe in any of what they're saying. They don't have Iman. Questions and answers. Last time, last week, you guys didn't get any questions and answers. We'll start with the question from Instagram about peace. She asked, uh, or her name is Peace, something. The account name. My son is 18 years old. He's being selfish. He wants to leave. What do I do? I can't answer this question. It's, there's a lot of specifics involved. I, it, it's too general. So unfortunately, I can't tell you whether that's all right or not. It could be a situation where his leaving would cause more fitna to him. And it could be a situation where it's better for him. I can picture both in my head. So I, I can't answer the question. You should, you should see the local um, 
you should see your local uh, leaders and ask them. Question Q&A. Before we begin Q&A, support this live stream by going to patreon.com backslash Safina Society. Okay? Go to patreon.com. That's how this live stream exists because of this. Because of patreon.com backslash Safina Society. We also ask you to join ArcView. Become ArcView students. Start studying ilm. Start studying, taking classes and courses. What's today? Today's my day. I have Maliki Fiqh, followed by Sharh of Sahih Muslim from Imam al-Nawi's book on the commentary of Imam Muslim later in the evening. Right, right. what time are the classes? With the time change. So I, we, got, we got the youth class. 5.30. 5.30. 6.15. I said 7.30. Yeah, start mad at you at 6.30. Yep. Yeah. 6.30, we'll start mad at you at SubhanAllah. This shot is of Imam uh, Nawawi on Imam Muslim. was taken mostly from Maliki's. Yeah, Qadir Ayyad. Yeah. Yeah. In most of the chapters of Aqidah and non-fiqh, basically. Yeah. Qadr al-Qadi, Qadr al-Qadi, Qadr al-Qadi. SubhanAllah. Yeah. Who else was Imam Mazari? Who who was the other Imam that was? There was two Maliki Imams. Mm. I thought. I don't know the other one, but Qadi Ayat all over the place. Subhanallah. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I could be in that class. Yeah. What's the difference between Ash'ari and Maturidi? Allah Adam. Maliki or Ash'ari? Ahnaf or Maturidi? Shafi'i are also Ash'ari. If someone grows up in a Shafi'i majority community but reads and listens to majority Maliki sheikhs and scholars, should one just switch methods? You might as well. Subhi? Yeah. Subhi, didn't you come to... He's, he's studying. He's still seeing which method. That's the right way to do things. Yeah. Next question. How can I improve my English? Listen to lectures. Listen, listen to lectures. Listen to people like, and, and read books. Watch the news sometimes. With the Arcview Arabic grammar course, how should we structure the readings? Should we do one of the readings after learning the topic? So read it first yourself. Then listen to the lecture with my explanation of it. Then read it again. Then do the same for the next lectures. Then go back and do it again. Language is about repetition. It's all repetition. Repeat, 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 repeat. Keep doing it over and over and over and over and over and over. And even if it's like one passage until you, you become an expert in what that passage says. Okay. I'm sorry, I have to eat this banana. Zabala, <laughs> <laughs> I remember we were in Mecca and we were going... You know, for suhoor, walking around the, the haram. Yeah. And me and Walid roll up on this group of Somalis. Yeah. And they have biryani with bananas in it. What? In a plastic bag. That's and insane. And like they're forcing it down our throat. <laughs> so that is weird. I only ate a banana, but Walid was eating the whole thing. That is funny. really weird. Lily Rose says, I'm feeling very sad about a boy who died from mold. It should be corporate manslaughter. I, I, n- I didn't hear about it. 
Muslim family. Okay. Am I obliged, says Qasyun, to pray Jum'ah when traveling and visiting parents who are an hour away? No. You're a traveler. But we don't pray traveler in the house that we grew up in either. You grew up in your parents' house? When you got to your parents' house? Pray normally. In the sense that it might hurt them, right? That you're, you're not praying normally with them. If that's the case. Had enough is inviting us to St. Louis. Can you do an episode on Abdul Qadir Jailani? Say, Abdul Qadir Jailani is, uh, I think he was born and, and died in Rabia al-Thani, which is the month that we're in right now. But I, I, I could, yeah, I could, I'm pretty sure we did one about that. Is it permissible to breastfeed more than 24 months? No, it, you should not breastfeed beyond 24 months um, because the Quran says, um, 30 months okay, and the pregnancy it's 24 months of breastfeeding and then 6 months 3 months of the pregnancy is like unknown that she's pregnant so that's 6 months of pregnancy and 24 months of nursing and then it's good to stop there I, I never saw that it's haram to continue breastfeeding but I think you should stop there Is gelatin halal through istihala? Yeah, there is some comments saying that. Some some works of fiqh or fatawa in fiqh saying that it is halal uh, through istihala. So many people have changed. Uh, so, so many people have said this, that it's completely structurally changed. But we have to go, I have to get the fatwa myself and read it to you. Who is it that fed half a million people? The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Subhanallah. Yeah. Subhanallah. Someone was saying here that like they did a calculation mm-hmm. over the Prophet sallallahu lifetime how much wealth he gave. Yeah. It was in the billions, I think. It's insane yeah. because the amount of uh, conquest wealth he had, and he gave it all away. He would have been the richest man in Arabia. And there's no doubt about it. Beyond anyone else's imagination, he gave it all away. Uh, what about? Um, His salah. I had a calculation one time from a lecture that I heard that he was in salah one quarter of his waking time. That is amazing. Then you wonder how is the Prophet in Sakina? How can I explain what the four schools of thought are in simple terms? The four schools of thought are very simply, this is a great question. What are they in simple terms? They are the answers to questions not explicitly answered in the Quran or Hadith. Okay. They are the answers to questions not explicitly answered neither in Quran nor in the Hadith. So, what does not need a madhab? An absolutely explicit verse where all the words cannot have multiple meanings. The word has one meaning only. That's qat'i. We call that qat'i. It's explicit. We don't need a method for that. Okay? لا تقربوا الزنا. 
Don't come near zina. Do you need a madhab for that? No. Don't come near committing fornication and adultery. But sometimes the Quran speaks with a word that may have different meanings. Which one is it? Okay. Or a new matter comes along that is not a question comes along in the time of the second generation or the third generation or until our generation that has no direct answer in Quran and Hadith. And we need an example, right? Uh, an answer. The madhabs will answer that. How? When? Why are they different? Because they determine, they develop a methodology by which to answer such questions. So the answer to A. Lodi's question is quite simply that madhabs, they exist to answer questions that are not explicitly answered by the Quran and Hadith. Does that make sense? I hope that answers your question. Eating. Okay. Is it okay to pick and choose from the four madhabs, seeing they're all Ahl Sunnah? In the sense that your ibadah would be valid, it would be valid. But that's not the right way to do things. The right way to do things is not to look for the answer that you like and then work backwards. The right way to do things is to choose a method and stick with that method. You choose a method once and you stick with it forever. This is like logic and thinking and common sense. Because if you put your own mind and your own desires as a filter, then your own desires and your own mind grows and grows and grows. And your own mind and your own desire is something subjective and relative. When you now have a family or you lead a community, they don't, they don't have to agree with your own mind and your desires. So you can never have a social cohesion with how your family practices religion. Okay, And your own mind and desires can change. And you will end up with a religious package that nobody else has on the face of the earth. Because on socks, I agree with Ahmad ibn Hanbal. On making up prayers, I agree with Ahmad ibn Hanbal. On seafood, I agree with Malik. On wiping over uh, whatever, on uh, this, that, and the other, I agree with Shafi. You can't even keep track. You will never have a book for this. So it's not the right way to do things. The ijtihad, the use of brain. We're all smart. Just because you're not a scholar doesn't mean you're not, you're not smart and you can't study. The use of the intellect by the non-scholar is to, to, to study the imams and their methodologies. And then to pick one and choose who, it, the question is, which of these madhabs and imams is most worthy of following? Okay. And I'm doing an introduction on the Madiki madhab and everything about Imam Madik and, and, and his approach and everything. It's going to be starting next Monday, and it'll be probably three or four sessions. And I'm probably going to repeat this, right, over and over. Because once I get the PowerPoint done, it's going to be extremely valuable. I'll probably do it every year. Khadija Asif says, 
If you are someone that moves every few years, should we change Medheb to the country we move to? No. Once you solidify, khalas. Like if I move to Turkey, if I ever had to move to Turkey, yeah, if I'm raising my kids, I say, okay, go be Hanafis. But then again, the world now is different, right? The world is so different. We got access to everything now. I can be a Hanbali wherever I want right now. And I guarantee you, within a few years, I'll learn the Hanbali method because we got the internet. One or two trips to see the shiuch myself. I highly advise, if you study with somebody online, make the effort to try to go and visit that sheikh and see them face to face. Like I see the, a lot of names here over and over and over and over. Huh? Yeah, come, come, come through at one point. Make it a vacation. You go check out New York City. I love New York City. I just watched a video of a Protestant who thinks that it's the seat of the Antichrist. We're like, no, it's not the seat of the Antichrist. Huh? I mean, what up? How about the, didn't not the Prophet Sallallahu say he's going to come in Jerusalem? Right? He's going to try to make his, his, Habib Omar's son, when a student said, I don't want to go back to America, it's the land of the Dajjal. He said, what are you talking about? Dajjal's coming in the east, not the west. Yeah, the west may be doing all the legwork for the Antichrist culture, and the, the completely non-spiritual, materialistic, atheistic culture. But the jet is in the East. Anyway, make it a vacation. You come check out New York City. And then you come... Uh, <laughs> and then come to uh, uh, swing down. It's only 40 minutes out of New York City. It's amazing. And Newark Airport is 19 minutes from us. Newark Airport? Yeah. From my house, Newark Airport is like a 19-minute drive. I love New York Airport. United, I have to say, it's a, it's a United hub. I have to say that United must be the number one worst airline of all time. Like, this is one of the worst airlines. Although, I fly United all the time because it's a United hub. Right? But it's the worst. They're the worst. Right? But... You try to meet the person that you're going to study with. And you're not going to study with one sheikh, fiqh. You're going to study with many. And you're going to read many books. If you're studying, let's say, Maliki fiqh, you, you buy every Maliki book that you see. Right? So that you have a library. And you take every Maliki course that you can take. You, you will become marinated in the madhab. And you will truly understand... Right? What is the dominant opinion in the madhab and what is maybe a different upon issue? Same goes with the Hanafis and the Shafi'is and the Hanabila. What is the rightly guided path that has never failed? You follow the mashhur of your madhab to the best of your ability. And you study your Ash'ari or your Maturidi Aqidas. And your, your tasawuf is much salah on the Prophet ﷺ, much dua, attend every gathering that you can. And if Allah bestows a link between you and a, a sheikh that is special, then that's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What should one do when they have a lot of needs, but they've hit rock bottom and have lost hope that their du'a will be manifested? It, okay, this is a very important question. We talk a lot about du'a. And the precondition of du'a is belief that Allah will answer you. What if my belief itself in the du'a is fading away that belief is fading away for no reason other than sins and lack of ibadah so leave off sins 
The reason that you don't have faith in the dua anymore is your sins. Leave off your sins. Fight sins and recite Quran. Recite a lot of Quran. Become obsessed with reciting Quran. Every five minutes, recite a page or two. Every break you get, recite five pages. Recite Yasin all the time. This will solidify. The recitation of Quran will solidify your Iman. Once you've solidified your foundation, now you'll have hope again. And your, your belief in the du'a will come alive again. The only reason that we, we lose faith in our prayer being answered is because our iman is down. And our iman is down because sins are up and recitation of Qur'an is, is not. Futuh Hasham that's attributed to Imam Waqidi, is it authentic? I, don't, I can't remember uh, which one you're talking about there. This hadith of Futuh Hasham. Is it necessary to follow a method? Yeah, if you're taking your deen seriously, you're going to eventually choose a methodology and stick with it forever. Do you know if istikhara is positive? Yes, istikhara is an excellent ibadah to do in order to see and to know um, uh, uh, to know exactly uh, what, to, to get more strength in my decision making. That's istikhara. To get more strength in my decision making. That to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to show us to show us a sign, and that sign is ease. Ease. Make it easy. Okay. Uh, make my path easy and remove obstacles. Now, if Allah places obstacles, then you know that it's not time yet. It, it doesn't mean no, it just means not yet. Okay. And if it's a choice of two and one has obstacles and the other is clear and I have to make a decision, then I go. And I take that decision. Othman says he clearly you have not flown Spirit Airlines yet. No, I haven't. Ryan Airlines. Is that in America or England? That's here? That's in England, man. <laughs> what do you have to do to come for this? You got to notify us. And your arrival would be Thursday. We will take care of you from Thursday to Sunday, three days of the Alpha. And we have programs in the masjid. Uh, Karim O'Day and Sister Zaina are the uh, the welcoming crew. Sister Zaina will take care of the place. She will make sure it's stocked. She will make sure your bedding and your sheets are nice and clean, right? She and her daughters will put the room together, okay, in a way that I want to spend the night here, right? And there will be coffee. Uh, 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 and what do we call those things? Uh, electric kettles and tea and sugar and honey and eggs and a pan and olive oil. Okay, and then Karim is the one who will make sure the door is open for you, and he will bring you to the masjid if you need it. So this is our welcoming crew. So you need to inform us, right? So you can send an email to info at safinasociety.org. There's a full bathroom here. Now, when you come Thursday night, we have all classes in the masjid. Then Friday we have Jum'ah, and then we have lunch after Jum'ah, and then we have usually there's something going on Friday night. Saturday, nothing goes on. You want to hang out with the guys if you're a guy. You want to go check out New York City. We can take you to the to the to the NJ Transit, right? Which is fourteen bucks. You get a, a, a train to New York City. Get into Penn Station right under Madison Square Garden. Spend the day in Midtown. Look at it. It's really nice. There's some halal restaurants there. Come back Sunday. Classes all day. 
and then you pack up your bags and you you leave and then that's it right so alhamdulillah that's uh, that's our intent and that's what we do here slave king says when do you think al-malhama is going to happen or the arrival of the dajjal who allahu alam to be quite honest with you only allah knows these things Mubin said, would you ever come to visit South Africa? I would love to visit South Africa. Like that, that Pacific and Indian Ocean area is really interesting to me. Like from Australia to South Africa, that's the, that's the Pacific Ocean and then goes all the way to the Indian Ocean. To me, that's like amazing stuff. What would you suggest, says Shakira, as a good starting point to study Islam? I have completed the standard madrasa education here in the UK, Hanafi Fiqh. Reciting Quran, Dua, and Sirah. So I would say if you completed a madrasa education, okay, then I would highly recommend you take Murad's Aqidah in-depth detailed Aqidah course on arcview.org. That's the website, arcview.org. Go in there, you sign up. The classes are on Sundays, but the recordings are all there. And start studying with detail his class. In Aqidah. Highly recommend that. And if you can find a teacher teach you Aqidah where you are in UK, I would advise that too. I miss the UK, to be quite honest with you about it. And our weather today is resembling the UK. And when it gets cold like this and gloomy, last I checked, I actually spent five hours in Heathrow Airport the other day. Terminal B, gorgeous terminal. I love Terminal B. I'd never been to Terminal B before, but it's got a musalla. It's really a nice terminal. Maghrib comes in at 250. It's like, wow, 250. Salat al Maghrib. Unbelievable. But um, you can get used to it. Life in the UK. You can get used to it. Chief Latif. Wants to come when there's a Mawadda event. Keep your eyes peeled. A monster Mawadda playlist is going to come out with all the questions that we answered on on the the Mawadda uh, 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 initiative. Mawadda is the matrimonial event, which is nbic.org forward slash Mawadda. nbic.org forward slash Mawadda. Matrimonial. The way it works is you you put it you fill in an application. They are constantly reading different applications, and the people who are reading them are Darul Fatih students. They're constantly reading these applications, and they match people, and then they send you an application, and they take your permission to to to, to send you exchange emails. After that, you take it on yourself. Okay, here's a question. Hello? Hello? Oh, very good, very good. Let me call you right back. Let me call you in an hour. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, sir. Thanks, bye. All right, a woman says, I don't have to cook or clean the house. 
as per the Shafi'i madhab. What do you say about this? I say nothing. All of this is theory. Go live lived life. Nobody practices that. So nobody practices this, right? Um, in real life, we all contribute. Especially when we love somebody, we all help out. Is it my job to clean up anything, right? No. But if I live in a house and I want other people to be happy in that house, I clean, right? I help out. All that's theoretical. Go actually and live with human beings. Everyone is, you'll be embarrassed not to contribute. Everyone wants to contribute. That's the way it is. Does it have to be an obligation? Does we need everything spelled out that you have to do this? Marriage is a contract that's based upon generosity. It's not, it's not based upon... Um, it looks like I got my Maghrib time. Uh, oh, I see, I see, I see. I must have, my phone must have not updated from the previous time zone that I was in. So that's why it said 2.53 for Maghrib in the UK. So it's more like 4.53. Okay, fair enough. Um, so not everything in marriage is by law. It's by generosity. It's by common sense. So I say, whatever, don't even bother. When humans live with each other and the rubber hits the road, then everyone changes. Then common sense prevails. And love prevails too. What about the statement that Imam Suyuti says the Ummah will not pass 1,500 years? What is that all about? Okay. There is a weak hadith. Okay. There is a weak hadith that says that um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised if my Ummah obeys, He gives them 1,000 years. But if they disobey, He only gives them 500 years. So a Siyulti said that a Siyulti said that we obeyed Allah for a thousand years, then we disobeyed Allah. So the time of the Ummah will be fifteen hundred years. That's purely his speculation on it. It's purely speculation. So there's there's no ruling on that. There's no nothing serious about that. Did Ibn Jawzi and Abdul Qadir Jailani meet? Yes, they did meet and live at the same time, I believe. Lily Rose is asking, husband has to either pay someone or everyone pitches in. Her duty is just to help raise the children. Yeah. Uh, let's not forget now that she is going to live in the house too. She wants to live in a clean house too, right? And it's not practical this way of living where we only go by the letter of the law. By the letter of the law, I only have to provide you with a cup of rice every day to eat, a loaf of bread and a cup of water. If Are we going to live like that? That's not how anybody lives. I guarantee you, it's not how anybody lives. But is it one of the sunan and, and the fada'il for a man to make life easier for his wife? Yes, it's also a sunan fadida for a wife to make life easy for her man. Right? I'm telling you, feminist discourse, careerist discourse for men and women, careerism. It's all about your career. Well, isn't that taking time away from something else? 
I've never seen a careerist man or woman except it affects their family badly. So be very mindful of careerist discourse. And then either both feminist and red pill attitudes. I don't know what they're saying. They're saying all different things. Some of it's nice, some of it's not. But the attitudes are always negative. They're never good. And they always start promote hate and fighting and argumentation. Dump it all in the toilet and go with the seerah of the Prophet and go look at how the righteous people live. That's it. That's it. Can I take my time studying different madhahib? Yes, you can. And then choosing one. Yes, there's no gun to your head. Take your time, study a madhahib and live your religion by that madhahib. Your life by that madhahib. Aisha L, are Islamic are there Islamic English speaking education type organizations you recommend for a North American female who will be in Turkey only for a few months? There is you need to go look up I can get you the information. It's Sheikh Mujir al Khatib, but I don't know if there's English there. But it's a women's school headed by Sheikh Mujir al-Khatib, one of the Syrian ulama. Um, if you find a way to communicate with me, I can get you names of people who can help you connect you up, and you can spend time with them. How long is dhikr on Thursday? About an hour, less than that. In the Islamic tradition, the husband worked, provide the house, Paid the bills, wife cooked, clean, and looked after children. In general, here, the general thing of human beings and in Islam as well, where there is danger and, and the heavy lifting, whereas there's, there's danger and there's a burden, the burden of financing, the burden of maintenance, protection. That's the responsibility of the man. Where there is care and compassion is generally the abode of the woman. This is These are general... This is not even Islamic. This is human, right? In all human cultures, I believe that that's the case. And that's a, a, a reality that uh, when the Prophet came, he did, did, there was no objection to that. In fact, it confirmed the man's responsibility of protection and maintenance. Let me just repeat this as I said this many times. We have absolutely no connection to any of these secular ways of living. They don't know how to live. I'm telling you, my day growing up liberals were sort of cool people right they're freaks now the whole lot of them go look at this news stage thing where a, a guy who needs to lose weight has just won he's not handsome he's not he's overweight and he just won miss new hampshire miss new hampshire it's a dude who's big right he, would, he wouldn't make any sports teams, right? He wouldn't be able to run the mile in six minutes or seven minutes like you need to do in gym. He can't run a mile, period. Poor women, it's haram, right? This beauty pageants. But the poor women who, how about the woman who exercised? Who dieted? Like, even within the haram, you feel bad for them, right? Like, they tried, they put effort. This kid is eating Twinkies. 
Osman. and he's a guy, and he wins the women's pageant. Osman brought up something really. It was it was good yesterday. Yeah, because we were talking about this after class, and um, he was like, you know, like from the adab of like uh, discussion. Yeah, like you don't even debate on something that is intrinsic knowledge. Yeah, like any anybody can look at this person and say this is not the beauty pageant winner. Like it's it, like you have to be deluding yourself. To the fullest extent to say that this person is worthy of winning. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. The emperor has no clothes, folks. The, uh, you all know the story of the emperor has no clothes? Where um, the emperor issued an edict, okay, that his clothes for this outfit is see-through. He's wearing clothes, but it's transparent clothes. And he comes out naked, like with his underwear on, and a crown on his head, and a stick and everyone said, wow, amazing clothes by the emperor, right? And there's a little kid. He says, wait a second, the emperor is naked. The emperor has no clothes. I'm telling you, right, that guy would not even have made, gotten the job as a presenter of the award, right? <laughs> he wouldn't have been an extra in a movie with that image. And they're giving him the award for Miss New Hampshire. And it's like, you don't even have to debate it. Like, if somebody says, like, this person deserves to win the award, just be like, I'm sorry, man. Like, no, there's no debate. We'll check you into a hospital if, if this is what you think. Like, if, if there is givens in society, we don't debate them. We don't even try to provide proofs for them. Yeah. And in the books of Mantik, they say the hardest thing to prove is the obvious. Yeah. Like, prove to me that my hand is up. It's obvious, right? I yeah. can see it. Like, you make fun of somebody if they're saying your hand is not up. Exactly. Your hand up? Like, are you crazy? We have uh, mental disorder has taken over the liberals, right? Absolute, utter mental disorder has taken over. So anything that they tell you that has anything to do with life, dump it in the garbage. Or listen to it, and probably the opposite is more true than, than what they're saying. So if someone's come up and they have any of these notions in their head, you need to go empty your head into the toilet and flush the toilet, right? And all of this stuff. And Subhanallah What does Allah say about people of whims? What is the Quranic argument against people of whims? Allah simply says in the Quran, Have you seen them? Have you seen the one who's taken his whims as a god? That's the argument. Have you looked at it? Have you seen it? Subhanallah. All you have to do is see it. I don't have to tell anymore. I don't have to convince my kids what's wrong anymore. My teacher wrote on the board yesterday. Yeah. Montesquieu, the the downfall of democracy is ignorance of the people. Yeah, and he's like LGB and he's liberal yeah. and everything. I was about to, I was about to risk my whole college career, raise my hand and ask that question, <laughs> but I was like, that's no, not worth it right now. Unbelievable, man. That this is some uh, French political theorist, right? Yeah, he's like this. He's like, if you learn anything from college, learn this. Oh my god! I'm like you're crazy, man. <laughs> like, maybe it's true, but we're experiencing it. We're living in it. Everyone knows deep down that these liberal views are a load of rubbish. People are just too scared to speak out because they're believed as homophobic or transphobic. Is there a word for trans disgusted? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not afraid of you. Uh, phobic. I have no phobia towards you, but I have a disgust. Am I allowed to be disgusted anymore? Like, where, where's my freedom to be to like and not like? Right. Yeah. Like what? Uh, that's that's how. That's who I am. Like you say, you're born with this attraction. I'm born with this repellent, right? I'm born hating this stuff and, and, and being disgusted by it. So we're going to have to have a society where people can't even say that a guy is not a pretty woman. Oh. It's a freak show, folks.
it's lost and i'm glad to be at least lost with these wonderful people here uh, on youtube and on instagram at least we could feel like we're together in this that's the beauty of the live stream because you th you see it you think about it but at least now we have 100 other people agreeing with us here uh, did you see the documentary What is a Woman by Matt Walsh? No, I haven't seen it. I probably should see it, but I haven't seen it. Uh, like, that's what, like, it was a big thing when Othman said that yesterday because, mm -hmm. like, we're taking, like, this intellectual approach trying to say, like, oh, this and this. Yeah. But it's just a joke. Like, it's a joke. You think there's a third gender? Like, we just <laughs> laugh at that. It's not even, like... You cannot enter the discussion. Yeah. If you enter the discussion, you insult your own intellect. Like, someone saying uh, up is down. Yeah. I throw something up in it, like, yeah. up is down. Like this is retarded. Tell me something. Why can't my, if my gender could be uh, different on my license now, which the state of New Jersey has allowed, why can't my eye color be different? So why can't I have a license plate that says Shadia Masri, blue eyes, six foot three, 200 pounds, female? Why can't I have that? Why, why can't I change my birth date? April, April 6th, what if I want to make it? January 3rd, 1972. I want to identify as being older or younger. Isn't age a lot more fluid? Like, you look at me, you don't know what my age is, right? You know, you have an idea what I'm not. I'm not 20 and I'm not 60, right? Somewhere in between. You know, I'm, not I'm not 25, I'm not 55. Somewhere in between. Age is a lot more fluid than, than gender. But you, you can't look at a guy and say it and not know he's a guy right away. So why, if we're going to play games with that, why don't we play games with age? How about colors, right? What, what color skin am I? What do I qualify as, right? What if I want to qualify as Asian? Unbelievable. I don't think I'm ever, I'm ever going to uh, get used to this thing. I don't want to get used to it. Probably be 90 years old flipping out. If they're still alive, these people are going to die off. Here's something. I work in healthcare, says Subhi. And I attend, I had to attend an hour seminar about different genders, flags, fetishes. What is this business with fetishes? And, and weird things. I studied eight years to be a healthcare uh, professional, and they're teaching me this stuff that's basically from Reddit, essentially. Unbelievable. Maham says, can you please recommend a teacher I can study Muntik with? Hmm. In, in English. Good question. I have to get back to you on that. I have to get back to you on that. Unreal. So when it comes to when we talk about our families and we say, yeah, we have two genders and we have roles and responsibilities and ways of living for each one, and this comes like a shock to anyone who's been in public schools or just came up in the general monoculture, right? Well, we have to tell them, like, listen, we're totally different from you. Who would want to be like you, right? You guys have gone off. And on the other side, the Christian crusaders, they are similar to us in this, but they also want us dead too. So the, the, the middle of the country of America, I don't know if you have this in England, but the hardcore Protestants, the evangelicals, like they, we're in agreement on the basic logic of life. There's guys and girls. There's angels and demons. There's good and bad. We agree on that stuff. But we're on total opposite ends within that. Within that, these guys are crusaders. They want, 
they hate us right after they hate like uh, whatever else they hate. Like we're right up there in the top five things they hate. So they're not our friends either. That's the problem we're in. So we're in Ummah that's got the Crusaders on one side and Qomiluts on the other side. And we got to find our wiggle our way through. That's our life, essentially. A. Lodi says, I actually taught a Muslim girl a few years ago who was transitioning into a boy. I was lost for words and she's attending an all-girls school. Now, wait, I have a question to ask. This Brian guy, he is he 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 identifies as a girl. He, huh? Bujja pageant guy. Are you telling me? And he he has his male organs, like he never snipped anything, cut anything. He still has testicles, and he's got his male organs. Are you telling me he was in the locker room with these women, right? Are you people dumb? What is wrong with you? He was in the locker room or the changing room, whatever you call it. You know they have a massive changing room and all the contestants come in and they're half dressed and half naked. What is wrong with you people? That's why everything that you people have to say about life, I don't care how popular you are. And it's the dominant discourse of the whole world now, right? Or they're spreading it to the whole world. All right. Uh... Throw it all in the garbage, and and like I think we mentioned this before, but it's the men who are winning. They wi- they win it. Like like get this one. Like I told you about the insurance one. I yeah. Know that ins- men's insurance policy is gonna be cheaper. Women's is gonna be more expensive. Yep. Nafiz was saying yesterday mm-hmm. that at his job, um, a woman gets four months off for uh, you know, uh, mother pregnancy yeah. leave. And and if the husband identifies as the one giving birth, he can get the same four months off. <laughs> he identifies as the one giving birth. It's idiot. Like, like, I prefer my dignity over money. Bro, <laughs> that's not even in the movie Idiocracy. Did you guys hear what Ryan said? That's not even in the movie Idiocracy. You wouldn't have even passed it in the movie. I didn't see the movie Idiocracy, but it's about how everyone in the world is dumb, right? Everyone in the world is the IQ is like dipped in the global IQ has dipped. Uh, uh, from another perspective, Guys, men have overcome the feminists by saying, we will do everything you do as women. We will become women and we will defeat you in beauty pageants, in swimming, in volleyball. And we will get into the Olympics as women and we'll get into college NCAA sports as women. And let's see now a guy in the G League and the NBA. Why doesn't he play in the WNBA? I mean, these are the most liberal people, right? The NBA is the most liberal league, right? Tell me exactly why a guy like who can't get a spot in the NBA, why doesn't he go sign up for the WNBA? Right? And be dunking all over them. Where are the feminists to put an end to this thing? Because then even when they had, subhanAllah, like, uh, what was her name? Uh, she wrote Harry Potter. J.K. Rowling. She's got canceled when she, she couldn't tolerate any of this stuff. And she's like, one of the worst of the liberal thinkers, right? Unbelievable. Like, we're, we're at a time now where we defend, we're defending J.K. Rowling and supporting her and the participants of a New Hampshire beauty contest? That's how far Iblis has gone? Unbelievable. 
I can never get used to this. Uh, and we never should. And to me, it's the biggest laugh. It's the biggest comedy. It's the biggest comedy. It's great. It, it's, it's so absurd. Yeah. This is not a good strategy for him. It's too crazy. Like, Iblis, listen. Listen. A couple years ago, the liberal was a normal family, but they had, like, things that Muslims we couldn't do. Right? But they were normal families. Right? They had uh, some girlfriends. Right? They would... Oh, drinking was not really attractive, right? To me, it's not a problem to avoid as a Muslim. Khanzir, no big deal. But the liberal families were something that would tempt a Muslim. Today, you spend two days in the masjid, you have 2% fitra left. You'd be disgusted with this stuff. You're not doing a good job, at least. You went way overboard. Okay, You get an F for the 2020s. What year, whatever years we're in, 2020s, you get an F. Because it's it's too obvious. It's too stupid. Here Shakira says, it's tough times in the UK. The children are being taught about this stuff from age four. Get your kids out of these schools. Make hijrah. Run for your lives. This is one thing I would make, I would say hijrah is fard. To take the hijrah out of the school. If that means you have to go to another district, go to another district. You got to go to another place, go to another place. Run for your life from this stuff. You let your kids sit in these lectures and these classes and hang out with these people, you're at them. I had to assist a trans client who was staying at a woman's refuge as part of my job before I left. Okay. That was a first. Wait a second. A woman's refuge. And it's a dude. The men won. The men have defeated you. Oh, feminists, wake up. You guys, you got guys. They've wiggled their way into the women's locker rooms, the women's refuge, the women's prisons we had here in New Jersey. A laughable article. A guy identified as a woman. He was allowed into the women's jail. A year later, he's got three women pregnant. Zero brains. The whole thing is a massive real-life comedy. It's guys invented all these things. Victoria's Secret was invented by guys. Transgenderism was invented by guys. Everything was invented by guys. And they fooled women into thinking this is part of your rights. Sex work is invented by guys. It's pimping. And you have now women advocating this. And Muslim women, too. With, with, with their leftist slants. The liberals hate when religious people impose their beliefs, yet they're doing the exact same thing. And completely, it's complete um, imposition, and it's a complete inquisition, because the only way that you can get many people to observe a completely subjective belief is by force. And that's why pagans must always use force. complete insanity give me one more from facebook before we wrap up this comedy session essentially is what amr bin ma'roof al munkar has become a comedy session commanding right and forbidding wrong this is one of the ni'mas of today's day and age the blessings upon of allah upon us in this day and age the tension is so high in the world that commanding right and forbidding wrong it's a comedy session now because what you're commanding you have to say what you're commanding right what are you forbidding against what you're forbidding against is utter complete 
laughable. It's it's Arkham Asylum out there. All right, give me one more from someone on Facebook before we wrap up. Change the topic completely. I'm going to close with this same saying from Mustafa Briggs. This is, relates to us. Good, really, wisdom here. Ships don't sink because of the water around them. Ship sinks because of the water that gets into them. So don't let what's happening around you get inside of you. That's the only way to bring you down. Don't let it get inside of you. In other words, don't be affected by it. Uh, don't let any of these ideas enter your brain. Right? Recitation of Quran will put a hijab between you and that stuff. It will put a barrier. You'll see it. You'll know it exists. You must know it exists. But you, it won't affect you. It won't be part of you. Very important. Very good. All right. Jazakumullah khairan everyone. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruk wa natubu ilayk. Wal asr. Inna al-insana lafi khusr. إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته جزاكم الله خيرا